Well, you can rejoice over a song like that if you're not going to hell. Amen. That's a wonderful blessing. Take your Bible and go back, if you will. Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 18. The Bible says, why is my pain perpetual? And why, it says, and, and my wound incurable, says, which refuseth to be healed. I almost felt that way a little bit when I had walking pneumonia. Uh, why, it says, uh, thou be altogether unto me as a liar and waters that fail. Now, understand who he's talking to. He's talking to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's talking to God. And here's what the Lord says. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, if thou will return, then I will bring thee again. And thou shalt stand before me. And it says, and if thou take, it says, forth the precious from the vile, uh, thou shalt be as my mouth, and let them return unto thee, but return uh, not thou unto them. Look at verse 20. The Bible says, and I will make thee unto this people a fenced brazen wall, and they shall fight against thee, and they shall not prevail against thee, for I am with thee to save thee and to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Look at verse 21. And I will deliver thee out of the hand of the wicked, and I will redeem thee out of the hand of the terrible. Now understand this. I want to speak this morning on healing the hurting heart healing the hurting heart have you ever gone through things before where you've been wounded have you ever gone through some things before where you've been hurt have you ever gone through some things before personally where it just seems like uh, you feel like uh, giving up have you ever gone through some things like that well as i was reading my bible and these verses became very much alive uh, i saw that of course it is the lord that says you need to return onto me when you go through hurting times when you go through times of disparity you return onto the lord why only the lord can help the hurting heart only the lord can help the wounded one you know people have uh, had accidents it's in our church and we would run to uh, be there and uh, they would have hurting hearts. Uh, people, if you would please, have children that, yes, uh, in our church that has uh, gone on to drugs, and we try to help them. Why? Because they have hurting hearts. We've seen people that uh, get involved in drinking alcohol. We've seen people, if you would please, that's gone through strokes and heart attacks. Several people in our church has faced cancer, and, uh, and some, the Lord allowed that to be the vehicle that would carry them home, while others, not so. But uh, there's been hurting hearts. Let me give you some things to think about. Uh, why is it that hurt does come? Sometimes because it's self-induced hurt. Uh, we have tender hearts. When you have a tender heart, you're more apt to be hurt than perhaps others that would not have such a tender heart. Uh, sometimes uh, living a life uh, in the past, you have memories and those things come up over and over again and you try to get away from them, but it causes hurt hurt. Sometimes we hurt vicariously. Uh, we hear about somebody else that's suffering, somebody else that hurts, and so because of that, uh, you know, we have a tendency to hurt also with them because of words or actions or misunderstandings. Sometimes hurts are given by God himself. The Bible says in Job 13 and verse 15, the Bible says, though he slay me, 
yet will I trust him. And so sometimes hurts are sent by God himself. Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16, the Bible says, For the which uh, calls, uh, we faint not. But though it says the outward man perish, uh, yet the inward man is renewed day by day day and the bible tells how paul viewed his affliction in verse 16 the bible says for our light affliction which is but for a moment worketh a a far it says for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory so here paul is and i don't think there's anybody that i've ever read about in the scripture honestly that had gone through as much hurt as the apostle paul uh, he had of course been left uh, in the deep to drown uh, his own country uh, beat him up and uh, took uh, from him. Uh, you see that uh, Paul uh, was uh, somebody that was forsaken. You'll see that Paul went through many variations of different types of hurts, and yet he comes down and he says, now this is a light affliction. It's only for a moment that uh, is with us. Then, uh, But the far more thing that I'm concerned about is the exceeding weight of of glory. Uh, notice some things, if I may, uh, on how is it that you can receive healing from hurt. Statement number one, uh, everyone suffers hurt, and so you're not alone. Realize everyone suffers hurt, and so you're not alone. Uh, whenever you go through certain hurts in your life, you're not the first one that's ever been there, and you won't be the, the last one to ever arrive. Uh, you know, you're all going to, and, and as we get older, I know I was talking to Mrs. Barker just a few minutes ago, and she said, preacher, uh, she said, as you get older, the doctor says when you hit around 60 or so, uh, that uh, all, all of a sudden your, your, your bones will uh, begin to ache just a little bit more and things of that nature. Now, and I do appreciate Dr. Bachman making it very, very clear how old I am today. I appreciate that more than you can imagine. Uh, and he just made me feel old. I, I, I don't feel old. I really don't. By the way, I hope I have the, I hope I have the, the DNA of my aunt. My dear aunt, she played softball when she was in her 90s and she ran the bases. Yes, she died when she was 103, but she died in her sleep. Amen. Uh, I used to like this. I used to say this. If I'm going to die, I want to die while preaching, preaching the solid, uh, pure, inerrant word of God. I want to go out like a house of fire. But then I've been beside so many bedsides of people that are dying. I just want you to know I changed my mind. And, uh, and if I die, I want to die in my sleep. I want to be uh, dreaming of happy things and just die in my sleep and somebody come to wake me up and say, well, he's gone, and uh, let's go eat breakfast or something. And so, but, uh, but can I say this? Can I say everyone suffers hurt, and so uh, you're not alone. Uh, when you go through hurts in your life, don't, don't feel like you're on an island all by yourself, my dear friend. You're not on an island all by yourself. There's many that's come before you, and there's many that will come after you. Uh, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 45, the Bible says, he maketh his son uh, to rise on the evil and on the good. He sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, the Bible says, There's no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you're able. But with wherewith the temptation, make a way to escape that you may, may be able to bear it. Now, can I tell you this? The truth of the matter is, everybody suffers hurt. You're not alone. I said that. That means this. That means the saved people suffer hurt. That means lost people suffer hurt. That means rich people suffer hurt. That means poor people suffer hurt. 
That means those that are of the most educated suffer hurt. Those that are most uneducated suffer hurt. That means those that are very organized, they suffer hurt. Those that are unorganized, the same. Those that are positive, they suffer hurt. Those that are negative, they suffer hurt. Those that are hopeful, they suffer hurt. And those that are doubtful, they suffer hurt. Everyone suffers hurt. Statement number two, uh, our Heavenly Father knows you're hurt. Our Heavenly Father knows you're hurt. Oh, there's been many a time we have uh, many buses that we run to help people come to church because we love to help people. And can I tell you, there's been many a time as I, as your pastor, have got on that back, what I call the back 40. I get out there where those buses are parked. And when I've got a burden, I don't share my burdens very often uh, with anybody. But when I have a burden, I'll walk that back 40 back there and I'll just pray. You say, why? Because God is the one that can help you with your burden. Uh, God is the one that can help you with your wound. God is the one that can help you when things are not uh, facing you in a pleasurable disposition. Man can't do anything. I learned a long time ago, uh, there's no sense in going to man. If man doesn't have the power to make the change, then it's nothing but a gossip session. And so I learned years ago, it's better not to gossip because all that does is cause havoc and hurt. And so, but I know to go to the one that can help. And who's the one that can help? The Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one that can help me when I first got saved. When I first got saved, and, uh, and uh, I started going to a Baptist church. And can I tell you, my, my dear friends that were not Baptists, boy, uh, can I tell you all the things that they said while I was walking down the hallway and making fun. And, and several of them gathered around me as I took a statue out of my locker. And I looked at it and I said, I'm not going to use this anymore. And boy, there was the, uh, a little bit of persecution that came that direction and stuff like that. But it's been that way uh, all the days of man's life. Uh, you're going to go through all sorts of things. Now, uh, you can either get poochy lip disease and give up. You can walk away and throw in the towel and say, well, I guess the, 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 the battle was just too tough. Uh, my mama used to say, if the kitchen's too hot, get out of the kitchen. Now, can I say this? Can I say that everybody suffers hurt? And so will you. You're not alone. Uh, our Heavenly Father knows your hurt. Uh, your hurt is not unnoticed. Uh, the Bible says that, uh, listen to it, Matthew chapter 10, verse 29. The Bible says, are not two sparrows sold for a farling? And the Bible says, and one of them, listen to it now, shall fall to the ground uh, without uh, your uh, heavenly, uh, your father, it says. And it says, but the very hairs on your head are all numbered. It says, fear not, listen to it, Matthew chapter 10, verse 31. Fear not, uh, therefore, uh, it says, are, are you not more valuable than many sparrows? So God knows the number of the hairs on your head. Uh, God knows all the burdens that's in your heart. God knows every problem you've ever faced in your life. God knows everything you've ever gone through and all the things that's going to come to be. Now, can I tell you, you have a God that is touched by your infirmities. You've got a God that walks beside you in the loneliest hour. God is there. In the most trifle times, God is there. In the times of despair, when it seems like that uh, a world just doesn't understand you, you've got a Heavenly Father that's there. I'm saying this this morning. I'm saying that uh, our Heavenly Father knows you're hurt. Uh, there's nothing that goes unnoticed by Him. Listen to this. Our, our Lord is touched by our infirmities. He's touched by our infirmities. I remember the first time I had kidney stones. Never will forget it. Or, or should I say the most dramatic time I had kidney stones. I was preaching there at a youth camp in, uh, in uh, uh, the Yak 
Yakinville area. Yak, it's, it's, a, it's a real town. Yakinville, North Carolina. And I was preaching there uh, in that youth camp. And I never will forget it. I told my dear wife I was the only speaker that week. And I'm getting ready to close it down uh, on the following, uh, on that night, on that night. And I was uh, preaching. And oh my, my side started hurting so bad. And I didn't know what the problem was. And so we called down Mrs. Welch. That was the camp director's wife. She's had a little bit of experience with nursing. And so she came down and I said, I think I, I, think I broke something. Something's amiss. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's appendicitis. And, uh, and she felt around, you know, as I laid on that bed. And she said, no, Brother Wells, I don't think it's appendicitis. I said, well, it sure does hurt. And he, she said, well, if it continues to hurt, let me know. And we might have to go get it checked out. Well, I, I wanted to preach that night. You know, us as preachers, we try to build up messages, especially in youth camps. And the last night, traditionally what I've done is I've always given the message on the last night for full-time Christian service. I've done that for 37 years of preaching. And so I was going to give the, the, and I knew the devil did not want that invitation given that night. And I was just, I was just determined. I was going to preach and give that invitation that night. So I've kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And finally, it just hurts so bad. I said, I've got to go uh, and so they rushed me down to the hospital and I'm laying there on that 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 front uh, of the they took the church van and I'm on that front seat my wife is uh, in the front if I remember and Mrs. Welch is driving me to the hospital and I'm laying on the front of that seat and all I could say over and over is oh God oh God I couldn't get nothing else out dear God he knew who his name was by the time I got done but I couldn't get another thing out I went into the hospital. You've heard the story. I walked into the hospital and a doctor saw me and he laughed at me. And he said, ha, 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 ha. I know what you got. I said, what do you, come help me. And he said, I'll be with you in a minute. I'm thinking here I am dying and he's going to wait for a minute. I'm going to be dead in 60 seconds. You know, and, uh, and I couldn't find a place to sit. Finally, my dear wife found a wheelchair and she wheeled it over. I mean, I felt like I was 160 and she put the wheelchair under me and I sat down. It helped a little bit, gave a little bit of relief. And the doctor came out and he said, I know what you got before I ever look at you. He said, you've got kidney stones. I said, how in the world do you know that? He said, I can just tell. And so he gave me a shot and it started to relieve some things and whatnot. And so I was able to go back and preach that night. But after I got done preaching, I wanted to go into the room and just die. You know, when you go through hurt, nobody understands it like you do. You just can't explain it. You don't want to be a burden to somebody else. You don't want to trouble somebody else. You know that God's the one that's the only one that has the answer and so what do you do? You realize he's been touched by your infirmities. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15, the Bible says, and, uh, and it says this, it says, For we have not an high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmity. It says, But was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He's gone through everything that you could ever imagine of going through. And yet he didn't quit. He didn't throw in the towel. He didn't say, well, I tell you what, it's just more than I can bear. No, what did he do? He just kept on a going. Aren't you glad, by the way, we have a Savior that just kept on a going? Yeah. 
Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, the Bible says, And let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace, that we may obtain uh, mercy and find grace uh, to help in the time of need. All right? So uh, how is it that uh, uh, there is help for the hurting? Number one, realize uh, uh, those that go through suffering and hurt, uh, everyone suffers, uh, everyone hurts, uh, everyone, if you will please, sometimes feel like that they're going through it all by themselves, but they're not alone. Uh, Realize this, that our Heavenly Father knows your hurt. Statement number three, realize this, you must consider asking, watch it, uh, the people, you must consider asking the right people uh, for help. Uh, What do I mean by that? Well, there's a reason that you have a wife. She's your help me. There's a reason you have a husband. He's the priest of the home. There's a reason that you have parents. There's a reason that you have a pastor. There's a reason that you have a spiritual friend or a spiritual leader. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 6, Go to the ant thou sluggard and consider her ways and be wise. The Bible says in uh, Proverbs chapter 19 verse 20, uh, Hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise uh, in the latter end. I don't know how many times people come to my office and they say, Preacher, I just don't know what to do about this. I've got a perplexing problem and I just don't know what to do about this. Matter of fact, I had a dear preacher that called me last night, uh, he and his wife. Well, he called me and said, Can you speak to my wife and I? And, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm in a meeting right now uh, with, uh, with some people at the church. And when I get done, I just, we just need counsel. We need some help. And I said, Okay. And so, uh, so he said, Well, when I get home, if it's not too late, uh, uh, can I speak with you? And I said, well, we better make sure before you make all these plans, your wife is okay about that. And so uh, he said, well, here's, here's my wife's number. Give her a call. So Sylvia and I called the wife last night. And she said, okay, I'll wait up. And so they waited up. Uh, so she waited up. And so when, I, when about 11 o'clock or so, they gave me a call and we we're able to help. Now, by the way, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to help. I don't know how many times people come with their children and they say, I just don't know what to do with this. I don't know what to do about that. I don't know which way to turn on this. And may I say, uh, you must consider asking the right people to help. I, I'm not going to go out and ask somebody that doesn't know anything about mechanical skills to work on my truck. I'm, I'm just being honest with you. I just, you know, uh, when I go to a dentist, I wanna, I, first thing I ask him, how long have you been doing this? <laughs> so why do you do that? Because he's about to enter into my mouth. That's why. Another thing I ask him, is this going to be painful? Next thing I ask him, how much is this going to cost me? And then I'll negotiate while I'm in pain sitting in the chair. I'll say, look, you know, I appreciate you, uh, but uh, could you charge me maybe a little bit less than that? Say, why do you do that? Because money doesn't grow on trees. So I'll try and get, in, I'll try and get anybody down I possibly can as low as I can get them. Boy, don't ever come try and sell me something. Now, I'm saying this. I'm saying that uh, you must consider asking the right people for help. Statement number next. um, No one can help you like God can help you. So ask him. No one can help you like God can help you. Ask him. Matter of fact, he ought to be the first one on your list. Listen to it. Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. The Bible says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. All right, so stay your mind on him and let him help you. 
In the 37 years I've been preaching, can I tell you, there's been many, many times where I felt like uh, old uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln that said he'd been driven to his knees many times because there was no place else to go. Now, can I tell you, uh, learn to rely on him. How do you do that? Well, you seek him in prayer. The Bible says, Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, the Bible says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The Bible says in verse 29, take my yoke upon you and lean, uh, it, it says, and I'm sorry, and learn of me, uh, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. It says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I remember when I was in high school, my brother was known for two things. My brother was known for basketball. Matter of fact, I've got his jersey. It's in my closet. When Dave died and I went to the uh, viewing up in Pennsylvania, one of his uh, children said, you would want this, and I want you to have it. Dave would want you to have it. And so number 42, it was his jersey. But Dave was known for basketball. He had scholarships to colleges. He was just very, very good. Very seldom would he score uh, under 22 to 26 points per game. He was just, he was a good, good ball player. And, uh, and, uh, but he was also a good big brother. He was. He's a good big brother. I remember one day I walked into a bathroom and, uh, in my high school, and, and I was a, a junior high kid, I guess. It was when we had the junior high and the senior high together. And, man, this big old bully came in, and he said, uh, he said uh, uh, let me tell you what uh, I, I, I think of you and, and stuff like that, and started pushing me around, started wanting money and stuff like that. I said, you better leave me alone. He said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to tell Dave. He said, Dave who? I said, Dave Wells is my brother. He said, what? <laughs> I said, well, Dave Wells, he's my brother. He said, uh-uh. I said, he is. I said, you leave me alone. He said, no, I, no, I'll tell you what, I'll get back with you. You know, for some reason, he never got back with me. Now, I'm saying this, go to the Lord in prayer. Statement number next, seek him through Bible principles. Operate in the realm of Bible principles. You know, sometimes people will operate in the rim of emotion. They'll operate in the rim of this or that. Boy, it sure would be good if you knew your Bible enough to be obedient and operate in Bible principle. Here's what the Bible says. Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 17. The Bible says, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. So seek him. You say, well, I don't know what to do about such and such or so and so or, or what and what. Well, you always go to Bible principle and let the Bible principle speak. That's what you do. There'd be less divorces in our country if you went by Bible principle. There'd be less friendships broken in our country if you go by Bible principle. There'd be less management of funds in our world if you go by Bible principle. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 1, the Bible says, A wise man heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. Statement number next, and I'm done. I said this, what, what, what do you do when uh, your, your heart is hurting? What do you do? Statement number one, uh, realize this, that everyone suffers hurt, so you're not alone. Statement number two, our, our Heavenly Father knows your hurt. Statement number three, uh, you must consider asking the right people for help. Statement number four, uh, no one can help you like God, so ask him. Ask him. Statement number five, and I'm done. Uh, find principles that, uh, of direction. Find principles of direction that will help you make it through and hold on to them. Find principles of direction that will help you make it through 
and hold on to them. There are several places in the Bible where the Bible mentions these words. Uh, it mentions hold fast. Let me give them to you real quick. The Bible says to hold fast to your position of growth. Uh, Revelation chapter 3 and verse 3, the Bible says, Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. So he says, remember your principle, remember what God taught you, and hold fast to it. Hold fast to it. I give the illustration years ago when I was in high school. Uh, no, uh, it was done in a high school. I was a little boy, uh, and, but it was done in high school. And I remember that the coach would tell us to climb up and climb up. And then uh, when we couldn't be able to go any further, he'd tell us and he'd shout it. He would say, hold on. He wouldn't use the words hold fast, but he'd say, hold on. The reason he said hold on, he realized we could get more energy to climb if we held on. But if we came all the way down, then we got to climb it all the way back again. And so he would tell us to hold on, okay? That's the same principle that God has given us right here in the Word of God. The Bible says, Thou hast received and heard, hold fast. Another time it says, Hold fast to truth. Hold fast to truth. 2 Timothy chapter 1, and verse 13. Hold fast, it says. Uh, listen to it now carefully. It says, The form of sound words that thou hast heard of me. And this is Paul speaking. He says, in faith and love, uh, which is in Christ Jesus. So hold fast to your truth. Jehovah Witness or somebody, we all please, would come to the door and they start asking you questions. You don't have all the answers to that. Well, hold fast to what you know is true. Hold fast to what you know is true. Uh, you bi have Bible principles that you have in your life. Well, hold fast to those Bible principles that you know is true. Uh, don't forsake the truth. Don't walk away from that which is the Word of God. Don't walk away from that which is truth. Hold fast to that which is truth, and that will carry you through. Statement number three, uh, hold fast to your profession. Now, that's talking about your witnessing. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23, the Bible says, let us hold fast. It says, the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. So, you know, the older we get, I'm, 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 I'm being honest with you. The older we get, the harder it is to witness, especially to loved ones. They've known you your whole life. Oh, yes, you're a Christian now. They've seen the change in your life. They understand that something's happened but they can't put their finger on it. And now, here's what happens. When uh, you try to witness to them, uh, you have a fearful heart because you're afraid, well, you know, I'm not worthy to witness to them. I, I, you know, what are they going to say? May I say this? May I say you ought to hold fast to your profession. Never give up your witnessing. Never give up. Don't, don't ever get so discouraged that you leave Christ out of your life. Uh, don't let the devil bring something in your life that's going to cause you to walk away and not be that soul winner that you ought to be. Now, I'm going to give you just, well, I've got two of them here. Let me give you both of them. Hold fast to your boldness. That's talking about your confidence. Your confidence. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 6. The Bible says, but Christ as uh, the Son over his own house. It says, whose house are we? If we hold fast in confidence and in rejoicing, it says, of the hope of the firm unto the end. Now, wait a minute. So what's he talking about? Oh, well, hold fast to your boldness. Don't let something take away your boldness for Christ. First time I preached and those two dear ladies said, you can't get any worse than this. That, that crippled my, my mental thinking for just a little bit. Then I realized I wasn't preaching for them anyway. But I was preaching for God. So hold fast to your boldness. Uh, here it is. First uh, uh, Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 21. The Bible says, prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. 
So Jesus went about doing that which is good. Well, hold fast to your goodness. Uh, always try to help somebody. Always try to love somebody that's hurting. Always try and pour your life in somebody that's hurting. Always try to walk beside somebody that's hurting and try to be good to them.